Coming to you from the FlexFox Fantasy Federation's World Broadcasting Headquarters in Ottawa, this is The Weekly Show. As always, I'm your host, Nick the Man Penner, and my esteemed guest this week uh, is our regular co-host, WizKid Jeremiah Johnson. Jeremiah, how are you? I'm good, Nick. How are you? I'm doing very well. Uh, very excited. Obviously, we're a, a day later than we normally are with this episode, but there's a lot to talk about, so I'm really looking forward to this one. Yeah, I think it'll be good. It should be fun. Well, and let's just jump right into it, because I know I say this basically every week, but what a week week four was in the FlexFox Fantasy Federation. I mean, there were just a, a whole slate of interesting results, a ton of close matchups. Uh, by my count, I think four of the ten matchups were decided on the final day, so it, it, there is a, a lot to get into this week. Uh, and so right off the bat, I think we got to start with the matchup that uh, seemed to be the, the matchup of the week, at least in terms of what people were saying on Slack. And that is the showdown between Ian Stads, I guess, Stadelman and Richard Tillo. Uh, it really was a battle. It came down to basically the final at-bats of the Sunday night game. But it was... Ian, who picked up the upset victory, uh, 280.9 points to 277.7 for Tillo. Uh, that moves Ian to 2-2, two and two, and Richard Tillo takes his first L of the season. Now he's 3-1. and one. Uh, What can you say after a battle like this, Jeremiah? I mean, it's pretty heartbreaking. I mean, Ian uh, Ian pulled it out there, but uh, you know what? He's, he's pretty lucky, I think, coming out of the last, at bat, last couple of bats. I don't know what you think about it, but uh, I feel bad for Tillo. Yeah, I mean, you know, you get these tough, tough losses sometimes. Uh, a lot of it came down to the fact that uh, Chad Green was able to pitch for the Yankees uh, on Sunday night. Uh, and it's heartbreaking, but at the same time, uh, I think kudos to Ian. He put up a much higher point total than anyone would have expected. Uh, he got some really good performances, uh, especially out of his two start pitchers, Porcello and Chatwood. So, what, what else? Can you ask for it, really? No, you can't really ask for much more. And uh, you know what? I think for him, you gotta you gotta tip your cap, right? That's what you gotta do. <laughs> yeah, uh, and on the other side, of course, Tillo's gonna be disappointed. But this is definitely, you know, uh, not something he should be hanging his head over. Uh, he also put up a, a large number of points. Could have beaten a lot of other teams this weekend. Uh, I'm not sure if it's so much a question of him needing to make adjustments as uh, just get some better luck next time. No, I think so. I think when you get a, a go up against a team like that, you just kind of got to uh, shake it off and hope for the same next week, right? You're bound to win after a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Uh, although I can't help but notice Dansby Swanson with that negative 7.4 for Tillo. That uh, hot start he had this season has clearly worn off a little bit, so Tillo might be uh, in a market for a replacement there. But otherwise, you know... I just got to keep moving forward after something like that. And even if the perfect season's gone, still lots to play for for Tillo. Yeah, for sure. You got to uh, gotta keep on going, I agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, so looking at another top team, uh, the top scorer last week in the Flexbox Fantasy Federation, and again, the only team that broke 300 points but had a whopping 324.1 points. You guessed it. It's none other than my co-host, Mr. Jeremiah Johnson. Uh, who was able to <laughs> sit down uh, Cam McInnes pretty handily, uh, 324.1 to 203.3 for Cam. Uh, Jeremiah, you're now 4-0. Uh, how does it feel after a big win like that one? Well, I don't know how long it's going to last, but uh, it feels pretty good to be Cam, I'm not going to lie. It uh, feels like a notch on my belt for sure. Um, I didn't expect to win, actually, so I'm surprised that I actually got it done. 
Mm-hmm. Well, it just seemed like all week Cam was lagging behind you. He had that famous negative 7.6 to start off on Monday and then just never really quite caught his groove. So he finished with the 200 points where you uh, had a couple big days and, and really rose uh, above him. No, I, I, I think so. I think I also definitely got lucky to an extent, too. I had some good pitching, some great hitting. So it all came together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and at a certain point, you want to say uh, save some of those points for next week, right? Yeah, especially right now. <laughs> but I don't think Camps is bad, so uh, we'll see what happens. Oh, see, that was going to be my question for you. Uh, Cam, 2-2 two and two now, uh, it seems like he's had a bit of an up-and-down start to the season, but you think he's still among the, the league's best teams? No, I do. I do, yeah. I do think that he is. Um, I think he's had a lot of injuries. He's been unlucky, so uh, got to watch out. <laughs> Just mm-hmm. happy to get the win when I did. Well, and Cam's real strength over the years has been finding real pitching gems in the rough, being able to pull guys out of obscurity and have them turn into productive starters for him. So right now he's got some struggles with his rotation, but I think that just means that maybe he'll be able to find some guys as guys get hurt and called up down the season. Yeah, I mean, Cam's a good manager. Let's not not confuse anything here. And uh, he can't make his team win, right, or play good. So it's only a matter of time. Once he gets the results, he'll manage his way to a better record. I believe that. I'd, I'd believe that too. So, but uh, it's a good win for me. <laughs> yeah, uh, definitely one you can be happy about. No two ways about it. Uh, and it, it does look, uh, the article you wrote the other way, your Jeremiah's <laughs> uh, judgments, uh, your, the point totals are down. Uh, it's pretty hard to deny, especially after a week where only one team breaks 300. Yeah, I mean, it seemed like a much more... Uh regular occurrence last year and now it seems extremely rare so it's uh i don't know what to make of it i don't really know how it's going to impact league uh league matchups but it means they're a lot closer i think uh, it's definitely true so far this season uh and speaking of another close matchup uh and this was a real high stakes one two teams going in undefeated uh we had flex fox versus chris kennedy and despite some overwhelming predictions chris kennedy did pull it out uh, he moves to 4-0 and while Flex drops to 3-1. and Chris Kennedy had 239.1 points uh, to 224.1 for Flex. Uh, what do you think of this matchup, Jeremiah? Well, I mean, let's give Chris some respect, right? Like, he uh, he finally uh, beats up a top team, and, I mean, you got to take notice of him now, right? I mean, Didi Gregorius has been unreal for him. So, uh, you know, I, I think we got to tip our cap to him and give him his due. Mm-hmm. I mean, in one sense, I'm still not sure if uh, I'm ready to believe in Chris. Obviously, he's had a, a very good run so far, and he's had a lot of luck, but uh, it's hard for me to think he can keep this up all season. Uh, Flex, his quest for an undefeated season ends earlier <laughs> than normal this year, so uh, perhaps that'll allow him to refocus a little bit, but uh, Flex just had a, a couple of bad days there, and you sometimes get into these positions where you know nobody's hitting and you're not you don't have pitchers going those days and it's hard to put up points in those situations. So I, I can understand if, if Flex is frustrated, especially with some of his bats and not being able to deliver. Yeah, but I think we also got to give Chris some due here too, right? Like we have to um, have to give him some respect. I mean, four and is still four and regardless of how you slice it. Yeah, yeah, it's true. But I mean, it's not like he's been blowing people out of the water so far. And you you highlight Didi Gregorius. Like, I don't want to say he's a one-man team, but Didi Gregorius certainly has done more than his fair share of wagon pulling for Chris's team. 
<laughs> no, I agree with you. But uh, Didi Gregorius might be the most underrated player uh, in MLB right now. So, so do you think this pace that he's currently on is sustainable? Well, I don't think his pace is that uh, that bad, like that un- unrealistic, right? Like his score is more indicative of his team than it is Flex's. I think, right? That's fair. Um, I don't think Flex is going to score 224 points on a weekly basis. So yeah, yeah. No, that's that's completely true. I, I will say I don't think that Didi Gregorius is going to stay as the top scoring player in fantasy baseball all no. season. I'd like other guys are going to catch up. He's going to slow down. The, you know, twenty eight year olds don't just have these ridiculous seasons out of nowhere like this. So, uh, but even if Didi Gregorius can produce at like you know eighty percent of this, that's still going to be huge for Chris. I just think that people thought Chris wasn't um, wasn't a playoff team coming in, but we need to realize, you know, I think he is. Mm-hmm. So that's the takeaway I got out of it. Uh, I can respect that. Uh, Chris definitely is obviously forcing his way into the playoff conversation. Uh, so maybe he'll start to get at least a little respect coming his way. But uh, recircling here, uh, a close matchup, but some would say with lower stakes, was the one between RKR and Jeffrey Lim. Uh, two teams not exactly at the top of the standings right now, but uh, still important nonetheless. One of these teams could easily turn their seasons around, uh, and it's RKR who has the leg up after this one. Uh, he put up 185.4 points, which was enough to see off Lim and his 176.8 points. So RKR now 2-2. Two and two. Jeffrey Lim drops to 3-1. and one. Uh, Jeremiah, where where are we at on the voodoo magic meter? I mean, this isn't necessarily voodoo magic when Jeffrey Lim's this bad. Um, but at the same time, 185 points isn't impressive. It's not 300 like he was putting up last season, right? Um, so mm. the voodoo magic meter is down, but uh, he wins a matchup he should win, right? Yeah, uh, I can agree with that. I mean, uh, I think Jeffrey Lim is maybe a little bit better than people give him credit for. Uh, he's definitely not in like the West Chow <laughs> yeah. territory at the moment. Uh, at the same time, it, these aren't inspiring point totals for either time, but a win is a win, and sometimes it takes a, a series of these little minor victories, and you put them together and you're moving a little bit. So uh, I don't know what RKR's plan is uh, with regards to his players, because he's got some definite holes in his lineup still. But, you know, maybe uh, he strings a couple wins together and suddenly things are looking pretty different for him. Yeah, like I think it's possible. I think he uh, I think he could be good. But uh, I think the issue for RKR is there's just too many um, empty spots on his roster, I think, is an issue for him. Um, mm-hmm. Well, and just looking at his offense, like he really, he's got Buster Posey, obviously. Uh, Josh Reddick has been good. Adubel Herrera has is as up and down as he ever is, but when he's up, it's good. But beyond that, there just is not a lot of talent there. No, I tend to agree. Um, but there's not a lot of talent on Lim's team either. So maybe they're closer than we think. Also true. <laughs> um, but yeah, the voodoo magic is, is not a thing this year. So. Okay, so low low readings on the, the voodoo meter, but yeah. still a win for RKR, mm-hmm. uh, so I guess he'll take that. Uh, continuing around the horn, uh, we've got our co-host, Jamil, who sadly could not be with us tonight. He got Raptors tickets, the lucky <laughs> son of a gun, uh, but I'm sure he really wishes he could be here right now because he has a heavy dose of bragging to do after upsetting Mike Kaminsky. The thing he said he was going to do, he managed to pull it out. Uh, 236.6 for Jamil, 210.8 for the franchise, 
that is now again the Illuminati. Uh, we'll see how long that lasts. Uh, so uh, Jamil does win and uh, gets his first victory of the season while Kaminsky gets his first loss. So what, do you, what are your takeaways uh, from this, Jeremiah? There's obviously lots of different angles to cover this one from. Well, uh, like, what's this bye week thing that he's talking about, that Mike's been talking about? Do you know? Uh, I don't know. Is he just referring to Chow that way? No, no. He was saying, uh, I think he was saying that he wanted to take a bye week this week against Jamil because his pitching didn't line up or something like that. So, yeah. Um, Kaminsky probably doesn't see this as a loss, frankly. Um, but you know what? I mean, 236 is good, but it's not, uh, it's not 300, I would say. Um, I feel like you might be able to say that for a lot of matchups. <laughs> no, I, I just mean that Kaminsky had a bad week. On another week, this could have easily gone the other way, I think is my point. Um, yeah. So, Jamil, you know what? Credit to him for getting the win. He needed it. But uh, it wasn't hardly it wasn't hard-earned, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Jamil has had such bad luck this season. He's had some real tough losses and... He's put up some good point totals, but not been able to get a W. So he absolutely deserves this one, even if it's lower scoring overall. But I think it's, you know, at least a little bit reflective of Kaminsky, even if he didn't get exactly the starts he wanted. His team is, you know, not exactly the juggernaut he thought or thinks it is. Uh, and there's, there's still going to be losses. There's still going to be some growing pains there. So... He's going to have to make some adjustments on the fly, I think, if he uh, really wants to be among the, the league's elite. No, I think so, too. It's going to take some work on his part, but uh, don't tell him that. <laughs> um, you know, he thinks his team's the best, and I'm happy to let him think that. So Yeah, well, I'm, I, I think I said this last week, too, but it still stands. I'm really interested to see what his strategy, especially with trades, is going forward. Because, you know, he he definitely has a lot of assets. And he's done a good job of accumulating guys that people want to trade for. But uh, I'm just not sure how he's going to be able to maximize that and really patch up the holes that do remain on his team. Yeah, I'm not really sure. I don't think he has a lot of assets left. He traded away a lot of his prospects. So uh, we'll have to see. Yeah, but like if he gets in a situation where he can like flip a bat for two decent starters, for instance, like if, if he's going to pull the trigger on that deal versus holding off for bigger names and trying to pool guys together it's interesting Kaminsky's strategy has been fairly consistent over the years in you know targeting the the biggest fish in the biggest pond so uh, I don't know now that he's at least somewhat closer to the top whether he's going to be able to shift gears well he's definitely had some success doing that so uh, you know we'll have to see I'm not going to put it past him to pull off a big trade re-rip someone off Uh, it's happened before Uh, it could happen again uh, I guess it's my turn to be a little bit selfish here and talk about my matchup. Uh, I was facing off against Ash this week, uh, a classic Ottawa-based rivalry of the Money Volleys versus the Man, two great brands in this league. <laughs> uh, and I was able to pull off the victory, uh, 228.5 to 220.1 for Ash. Uh, so I, I guess I'll let you go first, Jeremiah. I have things to say, but you can go if you like. I, I actually was just going to ask you, uh, are you concern that you only beat Ash by eight points? I mean, not really. Uh, going into the week, I, I said my goal was just to sort of break 200, and I'm happy with that. It did take a lot of luck. Uh, going into Sunday being down and him having two starts is not exactly a position you want to find yourself in. So 
I'm happy that I was able to sort of sneak one out. It's a bit of revenge, I think, for bad luck I suffered in the previous two weeks. Uh, so it was nice to defy the odds a little bit in that regard. And uh, yeah, I think I'll take it. And uh, obviously, uh, there were a bunch of injuries I was dealing with. Uh, I had guys coming in and out of the roster and had to make some tough calls with my ad drops. But uh, if I got the W, that's what matters at the end of the day. And hopefully this is a, an opportunity to go onwards and upwards from here. So where do you see your team then? Do you see yourself playoff contention? or? Yeah, I, I think it's fair to say that I'm I'm still in the heat of playoff contention. I mean, if you look at the standings, the conference I'm in is much weaker than the other conference in terms of uh, everything, really. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I, I think obviously that helps. I, I don't have, you know, I don't think I'm going to catch you, Jeremiah, for the division. Uh, I'll say that right off the bat. Uh, but there's definitely, you know, at least one other playoff spot available aside from the division winners uh, and possibly more. So I just have to keep winning and keep pace with guys like Jathish. Are you uh, are you concerned about your point total at all with a total like this week? No. I'd, even in a total like this week, I still gained on Jathish, right? So if point totals are going to be down overall – then I, I have to accept that. And sometimes it's going to be a, a mid-tier week. And sometimes, you know, it, it's a new new paradigm where uh, mid-200s is okay. So what about Ash then? He's 2-2. Two and two. Do you think uh, that's a fair record for him? Well, Ash has had a real interesting season so far this year, right? Like there have been times when he looked really good and times when he looked a lot weaker. Uh, and I, I think a lot of people at the start of the year wrote him off, but he was able to pull off a couple of tight wins and lower scoring weeks. Uh, and that might not be sustainable for him, but if he's able to build up at least like a consistent point total, like if he eliminates a little bit of that variance and is getting, you know, 220 every week, then that's going to bring him a a more success than it would have in previous years, right? So I don't know if Ash is a playoff contender. I think he's still got a, a little bit of a ways to go. And there there are maybe some roster management issues that are holding him back a little bit. But uh, yeah, like I, I guess we'll see where he ends up. But right now I have him penciled into the Europa. Mm, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. But I mean, and that can change, right? He just needs a, a couple wins here as we move into the, the second quarter of the season. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So where does that take us in the matchup uh, circle here? Uh, well, let's go. Uh, we'll do an easy one next. Garth Newton versus Jeffrey Chow. Mm. Uh, somehow, Jeffrey Chow, I, I can't believe this. I don't know about you, Jeremiah. Jeffrey Chow found a way to lose <laughs> again. Would you believe it? Uh, he had 148.5. 251.4 for Garth Newton. Uh, I'll just jump in here and say a couple of weeks ago, I said that Garth Newton was a potential playoff team and did not get a great reception on this podcast. But I think I'm going to stick by that. Garth Newton is uh, uh, playing much better than you might have thought just uh, based on how he looked before the season on paper. Uh, and I think that's uh, he's a team to watch out for. I think he can sneak up on a lot of guys this year. Well, I just want to say, I mean, I'm doing the uh, the power rankings this week, and uh, I'm coming around. I think Garth Newton, uh, I think he is a playoff team. I think he could be. Anyway, um, and he's not getting enough respect, I think, in the league. And performances like this, even if Chow's not trying, uh, still matter, I think. So Yeah, 
absolutely. He put up a good point total, and you can respect that. And I think it's easy to just sort of look down his roster and say, oh, he doesn't have, you know, a Jose Altuve, a Mike Trout. You know, what good is his team? But he has a, a lot of guys who at first you might be like, you know, these guys are only okay. But he's got a lot of those guys. And that adds up to a, hey, that's not bad team. Well, it's kind of like that, uh, that saying in the NHL, right? Like getting it done by committee. I think that's his team. Yeah. That's what I would say. Yeah. And there's nothing Absolutely. wrong with that. If it gets a job done, who cares? Mm-hmm. So. Well, not to plug my own work, but uh, I, I did that article looking at the uh, the bullpen rankings this season and who's getting points out of their bullpen. And Garth mm-hmm. Newton is one of the top teams in terms of bullpens, and he's only gotten stronger uh, adding Kimbrel. So I, I think he's a team that's taking advantage of a lot of undervalued guys, including relievers, uh, in order to get point totals that are higher than expected. Well, in some weird way, he's kind of um, replicating the bully pen kind of, right? Like he's getting elite relievers and relying on them to do well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's an interesting strategy, especially with the uh, current league point distribution. Mm-hmm. So. Well, and I think it's a lot like Ian was saying in the, the Slack comments on the article, where if you look at it realistically it is very close to a, a third 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 breakdown between bat starters and relievers but i think in the minds of a lot of owners they sort of imagine it as like 40 percent bats 40 percent starters 20 percent relievers so by able, being able to focus uh, on getting a, a top-notch bullpen and getting all these guys who can deliver for him like that that's a consistent point basis that garth newton can rely on week in and week out no, hundred percent. I uh, I couldn't agree more. And you know what? I think um, I think it could be a sustainable strategy. Yeah. So no, I I completely agree. Uh, coming around, it'll be interesting to watch him play out. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I respect what he's doing. So. Uh, so we already talked about Jamil, uh, a team that was winless and finally got something going for him. Uh, and so I guess it's only fair we also talk about Ryan, uh, who was the sad king, uh, very disappointed with his season before. Uh, but he was able to finally get that W, uh, beating the Respect for the Game franchise. Uh, Ryan had 246.4, whereas Respect for the Game uh, had 201.4 points. So uh, first win of the season for Ryan. He's now 1-3. Uh, Respect for the Game drops to 2-2. Two and two. Uh, Ryan, I guess, also very happy. But with that point total, is he incredibly happy or is there room for him to be happier? I was just gonna say, do we do we give him respect for what he did? Do we uh, do we credit him for beating a team like Respect for the Game, technically a second tier franchise? Um, well, I I think the evaluation have Respect for the Game has been all over the map this season, uh, and you can see that very evidently on Slack. Where after uh, there were two big wins to start the year and some higher point totals, people were saying this was Cam's attempt to face himself in the finals, and that kind of. <laughs> going to be this juggernaut of a team and it's really slowed down respect for the game is not that good it outkicked its coverage in those first two weeks uh so i I don't see this as like a a showdown between two of the league's best but at the same time like a win is a win for ryan and it's something for him to build off of and uh, you know it's easy to be down on his team based on his record but uh he if he can find more opportunities to win and uh, especially now as he moves into taking on some of the the league's better teams in the next couple of weeks like if he can get back to 500 and above 500 then this matchup could really be looked at as a turning point for him 
Well, I think that's pretty much how I feel too. I mean, like if he beats some better teams in the coming weeks, I'd be happy to hop on the bandwagon more. But uh, respect for the game, I think, respectfully, <laughs> is not a good team. Um, Corey Seager's out for the year, so I don't know if you knew that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that didn't impact the matchup too much. But, uh, you know, 246 is good, but it's not great. So I think Ryan could be happy, but he could be happier if he knocked off like a flex or a cam or somebody like that with a high 200, low 300 point total. I think that would have been the ideal situ- situation for him, I think. Um so this is good, but not great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and I guess it was similar to what I was saying before with Ash, where it's saying that Ash, if he can get consistently in the 220s, then he might be able to pick up some wins and make his season more interesting than it would be otherwise. Like, a similar vein, just for Ryan, like getting some consistency in your point totals and not having this huge up and down between almost 300 and then barely 200. Like, if he can be in the mid-200s for a couple weeks in a row and have similar performances to this one, like realistically, he's going to be able to get a couple wins out of that. Uh, and so I, I think if I'm Ryan, that's what I'm really hoping for more than anything. I don't want to come back next week with 350 points necessarily as much as I want to come back, you know, with no point total lower than this in the next three weeks. Well, that's fair. But I think his point totals um, secondary to wins, right? Like if he wins 210 to, two, to 200, still a win. Yeah, absolutely. So I think this is a step in the right direction for him. And, you know, take it week by week and see if he can string some wins together. He's going to, like you said, he's facing a tougher teams, So it'll be a good litmus test for his team. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's fair to say it. I don't think Ryan's this bad. I don't know if you agree. Yeah. No, I, I definitely think that he is better than his record would indicate at the moment. Uh, so a couple more matchups to talk about in week four here. Uh, we can look at Wes versus Jathish. Uh, Jathish did pull off the W there. Sorry to say, Wes, you are now on four. Uh, Jathish is two and two. Uh, Jathish won 214.7 to 157.1 for Wes. So Wes is going 0 and 16? I, it's going to be a race to the bottom uh, between Wes and Chow for who is truly the, the worst team in the Flex Fox Fantasy Federation. Uh, and I would point out, I do not believe they play each other this season. So it's very possible that they both go completely winless. Yeah, I mean, that's a good that's a good chance, I think, for sure. Yeah. Well, and uh, Wes is apparently checked out. And, you know, there was a, some signs of life and signs that he might have better management happening uh, recently. But any hope of that, I think, is pretty vacant now. Uh, and for Jathish, I mean... He had some of the league's higher point totals. 214 is not his season's best or anything, but uh, it is a win for him. And uh, it's a win that was largely driven by his pitching more than his batting. So uh, it'll be interesting to see whether that's a trend that continues for him or whether his bats wake up a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I I think that the point total for one, though, is concerning. Like 214 is not not very high. Um, So we're going to have to see. But, uh, I mean, you have to beat Wes, right? (laughs) Yeah, you know, it. it's, uh, again, close to a bye week when you're facing Wes, so it's not that important to put up a total that's, you know, going to blow everyone away. Uh, and it is Jathisha's lowest of the year, just double-checking that here. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I guess he hopes it stays that way as his lowest. Yeah, I mean, if that's his lowest, then, you know, could be a lot worse. Could score under 200. Um, Wes is never going to score 200, so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just just need to do enough, really. 
not much to say. Uh, so our final matchup from week four in the Flex Hawks Fantasy Federation is the showdown of Garth McInnes versus Aiden. Uh, and it was Garth McInnes who won uh, with, a again, a healthy point total, 288.9 to 230.9 for Aiden. Uh, uh, these were two teams that were going in, uh, both one and two. Uh, now Garth McInnes is two and two, uh, Aiden one and three. Uh, are these two guys that also, uh, similar to some other teams, might be better than their record would indicate? Um, you know, I think Garth McInnes had a really good week. But I don't know how good that is, how sustainable that is long term. Um, Aiden, I think that's pretty indicative of what you can expect from him on a weekly basis. Um, I think a low 200s point total is probably about what Aiden is. Um, and for Garth, I mean, that was what, the second highest point total this week? I think. Close yeah, to that. It was the second highest. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't expect yeah. that to continue on a weekly basis. I mean,. Again, in the power uh, rankings, I'm going to finish up after this. I think you'll you'll agree with me that uh, he played a little bit over his head this week um, in terms of performance. So, yeah, like Garth just had a ton of great pitching this week, uh, and that's not going to be something he can say every single week, and uh, it hasn't been in the past either. So, I think this is a, a bit of a blip on the radar for him in terms of point total. Like, I, I think Garth McInnes is not going to be you know West level anytime soon. Mm-hmm. But he's he's going to be stuck as a middle-of-the-pack team. And so uh, I think this point total is higher than what you're going to see from him most weeks the rest of the year. Uh, Aiden, uh, like you said, I think this is close to what his average should be. Uh, and he's going to, you know, 230 points is going to beat some teams some weeks, and it's not other weeks. And this week it was not enough to get the win. Well, I think something else to consider, too, is, I mean, I don't think Kevin Pillar is a 30-point player on a weekly basis. Um, yeah, for whatever that's worth, for example. Yeah, exactly. There, are lots of guys. You like, you could just pick off names all the way down the, the mm-hmm. roster of Garth McInnes of guys who had above average weeks. So that that contributes to this more than anything else, I would say. I agree. Okay, uh, so I think that's going to do it for week four. Uh, do you have anything you want to talk about at this midpoint, Jeremiah? Uh, not off the top of my head, but then uh, I'm happy, to be happy you won too. It's a good week. Yeah, good week overall. Uh, I was going to take this time to highlight Cam's petition, uh, forcing Kaminsky to change his name back to the Illuminati, uh, but he appears to have done so. So uh, I guess he's very responsive to public opinion, like a good businessman should be. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's, I guess, nice to see the Illuminati name return, and hopefully we can just put this dark chapter behind us all. I mean, it could just be a troll, right? He could just change his name back like tomorrow just to screw with everybody. It's true. Uh, I never expected this level of unpredictability from Kaminsky. Uh, but yeah, I, I think it's uh, uh, interesting that he would make this change again. I I have to expect him to be defiant and proud to the bitter end. Yeah, I mean, maybe he uh, maybe he's trying to recapture that old magic. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the new name... I'd got him a lot of mockery and not a lot of win. And yeah. so uh, bad karma, bad, bad mm-hmm. juju. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, well, let's move right into week five then. Uh, and it's shaping up to be an, another great slate of games. Uh, you got some big matchups between a, a lot of teams sort of heading in opposite directions. Uh, but we'll start with what I think is the matchup of the week. Uh, and even if the records maybe don't 
indicated. Uh, I think the Jamil versus Richard Chillo showdown is going to be a huge. Jamil got that big w- win last week, uh, and now he's trying to trend in the right direction. Richard Tillo took a hit last week, but obviously he wants to stay hot and keep his season mo- rolling. So uh, two very motivated teams heading into this one for sure. Uh, and right now, as we stand on Tuesday night, it's Jamil who does have the early lead, 75.7 points to 60.4 to Tillo. So definitely still could go either way. But who you got in this one, Jeremiah? Um, frankly, I got Jamil. Got to support the uh, the podcast host, I think. Um, he's got the lead. He got a great start for Matthew Boyd tonight. So I'm going to go with Jamil. Uh, yeah, I think I'm also going to go with Jamil. Uh, I think it's going to be a very close matchup, and uh, this isn't to disrespect Tillo or anything. I, I still have uh, a lot of respect for his team this season. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I think Jamil uh, has play, has not had the luck he has needed in previous weeks, which is why his record is what it is. But he's a very good team, and he's shown he's a very good team even in his losses. So I can see him winning and getting one close, uh, one step closer to 500 well i think he needs this win too i think he needs it more than tillo i mean if he loses he's he's really behind so yeah yeah tillo's i mean it's early but tillo definitely has built up a cushion already so mm-hmm. uh, not not a lot to be worried about on his part uh well we can take a, a look at your matchup sure. next jeremiah you're facing off against respect for the game this week uh, and it's a, been a bit of a rocky start for you so far you've got 47.7 points whereas uh Respect for the game has 75.8 points. So I know we were talking a, a bit of smacked about <laughs> yeah. the Respect for the Game franchise. Uh, but what what are your feelings in this matchup? I mean, I'm concerned a little bit for sure. Um, but uh, I had like nobody in yesterday because there was like half a slate of games, I think. Um, and I've called up Acuna Jr. So I'm pretty excited. Um, but uh, you know what? I, I honestly think it could go either way. It's just kind of one of those things on a week-to-week basis, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, I I definitely think that you've got the potential to come back in this one. Uh, respect for the game, you know, two good game, two good days, but that does not a matchup make, and you've got some uh, good pitching yet to roll out. So, I I think even if the you don't hit quite three hundred this week, you'll still be able to bounce back and take this one. Yeah, and I mean, I, I don't expect to to hit three hundred, um, but I do think. You know, this could be a, a gritty, you know, 260, 250 kind of thing. Um, and those are still important to win, right? Oh, absolutely. Those are the ones that will make or break you. Mm-hmm. So, fingers crossed. Uh, so we've got a, a showdown here between two of the league's newer owners in RKR and Ian Esteds, I guess, Stadelman. Uh, and both of these teams uh, are 2-2 two and two at the moment. Uh, so, you know, it's a situation where they can get a leg up of the early going uh, and Ian is up after two days, 58.8 points to 49.9 for RKR. Uh, Jeremiah, your, your take. Uh, like, I don't really know. I, honestly, these are like right down the middle teams in my opinion. Um, I, I could flip a coin. I mean, really both teams are probably Europa teams. They're both two and two. They both have good players and some bad players. So, um, I mean, I'm, I'm going to go Ian just because he's been hot lately. Um, but, I mean, really, this could go either way, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. Like, the, this is one where there's not much to pick between these two teams. Uh, I'm going to go RKR, though, uh, on the basis that Ian had a big point total last week, but that was largely fueled by some two-star pitchers who obviously mm-hmm. won't be two-starts again this week. Uh, and so I think 
not having that caliber of pitching has hurt Ian already at times this season and could hurt him again here. So I think RKR might be able to sneak out a win that way. Yeah, I mean, that's a fair take too. I, I mean, I really do believe this could go either way. <laughs> um, I think it's, it's, it's tough. Yeah, it's your typical 50-50, I think. Yeah. So. yeah. Well, not, not much to pick between either in terms of the early point totals. So, uh, yeah, definitely one that may well come down to Sunday night again. Uh, so we've got a, a matchup here. Uh, speaking of teams with similar records, 3-1 and one Flex Fox versus 3-1 and one Garth Newton. Uh, so, uh, yeah, two teams who have been good so far this season, and Flexbox is looking great early on. 86.9 points to 47.7 for Garth Newton. Uh, yeah, what what are your thoughts uh, on this one, Jeremiah? Like, Flex has some injuries, but uh, I, I think his team is still the best in the league, um, and for that reason, I got to pick him on a weekly basis, unless, you know, I really have a gut feeling. And, uh, I mean, I love Newton and what he's doing. Um, but I'm going to go flex. I think I think it's hard to pick against flex any week, um, let alone against a team that you know we think is probably fringy playoff contender. I think you got to pick flex. Yeah, I mean, I, I we spent a lot of time in the first half of this episode praising Garth Newton, talking about how good his team is looking and how he's got the potential to shake things up, even though you don't expect it. But he's simply not in the same class as Flex Fox right now, and uh, Flex is gonna. Even with one loss on his record, he's going to win more weeks than he loses. Uh, and I think this is definitely one of those matchups where he's more than strong enough to to see off the challenge from Garth Newton. Well, not just that, but I think Garth Newton would also tell you <laughs> probably the same thing. I, I don't think he'd yeah. be offended to to hear that. I think he'd agree. Yep. So uh, I, I don't think the result of this one uh, will shock anyone too much uh, when we look back on it in the next episode. I agree. Uh, so we've got Chris Kennedy, uh, the uh, your partner in terms of being undefeated, uh, seeing how these two teams continue. And uh, Chris Kennedy is facing Lim this week, so he's got a good chance of keeping that streak going, uh, especially considering that right now the score is 70.3 points for Chris Kennedy to 39.3 for Lim. Uh, so, Jeremiah, Chris Kennedy, will he make it to 5-0? and I mean, he, he had some really good starts, so I, I think he's got a better chance than I do, um, just based off the competition he's facing. I mean, I think Lim's pretty weak, so um, you know, I'm I'm gonna go with him. I think he can get to five and zero. Might be the only undefeated team. Uh, yeah, no, I, it's interesting uh, because after this week, uh, Chris Kennedy comes up against Jathish and then Kaminsky back to back. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how much further than this. Uh, if possible, he can run an undefeated streak. But for this week, I think he's got the talent to overcome Lim and uh, maybe even put up a, a high point total to really make a statement about his team. I agree. I think uh, I think five and zero is a, a totally attainable thing for him. I mean, Lim's not going to stand this way. Uh, attainable and a, a good place to be. Uh, and while we're talking about league doormats, uh, we can look at Ryan and Wes. Uh, Wes is uh, not looking so hot in this one. He's got 37.8 points to 69.3 for Ryan. So uh, Ryan also similar to Jamil looking for his second win of the year and uh, seems to have a, a very favorable matchup to get it. Yeah, not sure. I mean, Ryan's got the best matchup in the league this week. So two and three. Yeah. Uh, won't take much more than, than that to see off Wes, I think. Uh, 
so I, I would also pick him to win, I agree. Uh, and we might as well just power on through. Uh, Kaminsky taking on Jeffrey Chow. Uh, Kaminsky, 106.9 points. Uh, Chow, 25.2 points. So a little bit of a difference there. Jeremiah, I, <laughs> what's your bold take in this one? Did I say the West was the uh, easiest matchup? I, I take that back. <laughs> uh, Chow is the easiest matchup. <laughs> um, yeah, Kaminsky all the way. So the, part of me week. was hoping that Kaminsky was enough of a wild card or, or had enough pride or something to also intentionally lose and get into this weird downward spiral with Chow where they were both trying to lose to each other and seeing what happened in that one. But uh, I guess Kaminsky is not going to go that route, unfortunately, and he's just going to take the freebie W now. I mean, let's analyze something more interesting. Um, the fact that he changes his name back and all of a sudden it's a top scoring team. Hmm? There you go. So, the numbers don't lie. No. Not at all. Uh, but can I say it? Because I, I want to... You know how... Uh, okay. Uh, there are so many tangents to go off of here. So I'll just focus on the main point, okay. which is that I want to be mad at Chow again this week. Like, Jeffrey Chow, what the heck are you doing? Uh, you are, are a disgrace to this league. Like, I, I hope he does realize there's a very good chance that after he pulls this stunt, he's going to get kicked out before next season. Like, he absolutely should be embarrassed with what he's doing, and he has completely crossed the fine line between tanking and intentionally losing. Like, like the Reds are tanking this season, but you don't see them going out and intentionally striking out every bat. So I, I don't think we should – I do not think that we should forget to be angry at Jeffrey Chow. I mean, the problem is, though, does he care? Like, he's won back-to-back titles. If he gets kicked out, he has nothing to prove to anyone. Um, I, I don't think he cares. I don't think he actually cares. That's the issue. See, that I think this is part of my question: is whether like that's one of the reasons why he's doing this is he's trying to get kicked out because he feels like he's done everything he can, or possibly that he's just crumbling under the pressure. Like he he feels too much responsibility for being a playoff caliber team and would rather just lose and try and make it a joke. So uh, I'm really not sure what his mindset is here. Yeah, I mean, I just think that uh, that he just likes doing things to the extreme. And this is the opposite extreme that we're used to seeing from him. But it's still a challenge. It's it's bad. It, it's, it's very bad. Just bad. There should okay. be repercussions, though. Let's agree on that in the future. Well, I'd, I look forward to seeing him at the league Christmas party. I'll say that much. <laughs> Okay, uh, let's let's talk about a good matchup again, uh, like this one between Cam McInnes and Ash Sebastian. Uh, both teams two and two. Uh, I'm not sure which record is more surprising there. Probably Cam's, but there's definitely some surprises on both sides there. And uh, now in this matchup, Cam has the advantage, 89.6 points to 36.3 for Ash. So will it be Cam who takes the step to three and two? Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty confident saying that. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I just don't have a lot to analyze on this. I, this is Cam's matchup to lose, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I'd, obviously, uh, Cam is you know the, the favorite here for a reason, and he's definitely the, the overall better team, I would say. Uh, so I think the more interesting question for me is where Cam's point total falls, because he's had two very not great weeks in the low 200s and then some really big point totals elsewhere. So it'll be interesting if in this matchup, 
which extreme he heads towards, basically, or if he finds a, a happy middle. Well, I think based on his point total so far, 300 is uh, not out of the question. Mm-hmm. No, definitely. He's starting off hot. Uh, Ash isn't going to touch 300, in my opinion. So uh, <laughs> There you go. Pretty much uh, all you need to know. That's, that's a pretty direct statement. Uh, we also have a, a divisional matchup in the evil division of evil, where we've got Jathish taking on Garth McInnes, and it's Jathish who's got the 53.8 points to 2.1 points for Garth McInnes, though he did take that 25-point penalty, so not entirely reflective, but uh, is this uh, going to be a, a big win for Jathish, you think? I mean, yeah, I think so. I think Garth Newton's coming down to earth, and uh, that penalty's just the nail in the coffin, so to speak. Uh, see, I think this one, even though the, the score is lopsided at this point, I think it still could be interesting. Uh, I think depending on how Jathish's pitching plays out the rest of the week, he hasn't been that great so far. Uh, so there could be a chance that he uh, he blows it a little bit and doesn't have the high point total he would need to see off Garth McInnes easily. But mm. uh, even even saying that there's a risk of Garth McInnes pulling off the upset, I think I'm still going to pick Jathish. Uh, because his team is the better team, and that's who tends to win these types of matchups. Yeah, and uh, Jatish doesn't take uh, stupid penalties. Uh, also true. <laughs> so that leaves your matchup, right? Yeah, uh, I guess I inadvertently forgot to talk about myself for a minute there. That's weird. Uh, as rare as that happens, but uh, I'm playing Aiden this week, and it's a, a bit of a defensive struggle so far. I have 38.3 points to 6.6 for Aiden. Uh uh, Jeremiah, you can talk first on this one. I, I mean, I gotta go with you. I, uh, you're ahead. I think you're the better team. Um, I, th- I think of the two teams, your record's more indicative of your skill. Aiden's got a bunch of guys that are hurt. I mean, I could go on and on, but uh, I think this is your matchup to lose. Yeah, uh, I, I always support myself. I bet on me, so I think this is mine to lose too. I will also say that I've previewed the starting pitching a little bit and i think aiden might have a hard time this week uh getting anywhere beyond eight starts whereas uh, i might be closer to nine or ten so that's another factor that plays into my advantage but yeah i would say that i i think it, this should be a, a win for me and hopefully i manage to get another good point total and uh really start to build some momentum there yeah i think so i mean again his his bats are hurt too right beltre and uh Jeanette are hurt so it's hard for him to compete when his mm-hmm. high-end talents hurt. Yep. Yeah. Uh, it's a tricky situation that Aiden's in for sure. Okay. Well, I, I think that just about does it. A, a real power episode. We got through a lot <laughs> in a hurry. Yeah, it was, I kept it short tonight. I, uh, well, I, I, I think that goes to show how much we missed Emil. Uh, it's not, not really a true show when it's just a two-man crew. It's, it's not. He provides some... Uh, controversial opposing opinions that spark arguments i think too so he knows how to be divisive it's true he's we miss you uh, and go raptors go raps uh but for now i i think i speak for all of us here when i say good night and good fantasy